Tigers. So their midfield, point of contention in recent years. Obviously a massive reason why they won the flags. Cochin, Martin, Prestia comes in from Gold Coast. Shane Edwards, one of the more underrated players in terms of his ability. But Edwards gone, Cochin on the decline, still obviously playing at the highest level, but Martin scaling back as a full-time forward. They saw their midfield as a major reason and a, a reason they needed to go again to contend. Mm. So two years ago, on their own whiteboard in the Richmond Punt Road office, Blair Hartley's office, they had a man, Tim Taranto, at the top of that list. They went to work on him for two years, Tim Taranto. Really? And it really only hit its straps sort of early last year when they, they felt that out of contract was his best chance. So they, they put the work in but felt that Tim Tarano was never leaving under contract at the Giants. But falling out of contract, they went hard. They were to offer him a seven-year deal. They had to push Collingwood aside. I think Collingwood was the other club here that was sort of sniffing around a bit for Tim Taranto. But the Giants get their man. The other one is Jacob Hopper. A little bit of a different case in that he was contracted at the Giants. I think the Tigers sniffed at the Giants. There was a salary cap issue. And the fact that they were able to get Hopper out of the contract and offer him the seven-year deal was the reason because Geelong was coming. So the Cats, I think, were in the four- to five-year mark for Jacob Hopper. The, the Tigers had to go above and beyond. The Cats were seen by many other clubs as the leaders in this case for most of the year. Tigers came late with a bigger offer and decided to pair two good mates, Hopper and Tarano, together as a future of their midfield. On the weekend, neither here nor there, but those of the Tigers would argue that Tarano's job on Crips went a long way to them saving the game. No, I thought Tarano was excellent. Yeah, I, I don't think he was... H Hopper looked Hopper looked off. I, I would suggest that either he was injured or feeling ill or he might have had a bad game, but he looked to me... I feel like I've watched him pretty closely. He's yeah. been a star for a long time. He just looked a bit off. Tarano was good. I did see some edits. I think footy classified aired that his kicking wasn't at an elite level, but I think it was more that game. It was quick get out of the stoppage. It was a surge footy, which I think Tim Taranto is a big reason why Richard went after him is that surge type mentality. Know what we just did for the last 40 seconds. We talked about <laughs> footy. footy. Yeah, we can't do that. We need like a, a little air, air, air raid siren <laughs> or like one of us strapped up to like a taser or something. And every time we start talking about footy, like you just okay, said- I'm going to stop talking about footy. You just said surge footy. footy. Well, and I just said, I just said a hopper looked like he was off. Like, <laughs> what are we but, talk, What are we doing? But I think it talks to why Rich went after him is that type of midfielder that suits their yep. needs in terms of what Tim Taranto was. Yeah. Also managed by rival organizations. So Tim Taranto is looked after by Matt Bain, yep. who works with, with Tom Petruro for TLA, and Jacob Hopper managed by Connor Sports, Paul Connor's Robert Durazio. So it's not as though that they could sort of like deal with the one management group and package them all together. Let me ask you this about Hopper, because he, he had a strong offer on the table from Geelong, but yep. it sounds like it was fewer years. And the Cats were, weren't prepared to go above four to five years. That's what I'm told. Would you be picking, if you're Hopper and the years in cash are the same, are you picking Geelong over Richmond? Because um, I reckon so lifestyle comes into it here. Lifestyle, but, uh, but enough people you speak to suggest that even though Hopper's a low, laid-back country kid... from well, he's from and, Leighton, which is a town of, what, 800 or something? Still the glitz and glamour of the MCG appeal to him. Apologies to the people of Leighton if I've grossly underestimated your population. It's got an amazing footy history, Leighton, in terms of another Richmond Premiership player, Jacob Townsend. Yes. But I think even though he comes from the, the country and we, we see him as a laid-back you know, country kid, the thought of the glitz and glamour of the MCG did appeal to Jacob Hopper. So I, I, I think we're splitting hairs, but I think Richard made it an easy option for him in the end by going the longer term than what Geelong were prepared to do. And just 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 in terms of the, the contract. So we all sit back and think, geez, it's a long, long time for Tarano and Hopper, seven-year deals. Tarano had the back injury. Hopper came in off a knee injury last mm. year. A big part of the reason was the next few years, they've got Lynch and Martin money, as you alluded to on last week's Tradies episode. Martin's coming into to really good money now, as is Lynch. Martin's got two years left on his contract. Those contracts for Taranto and Hopper are back-ended. Yep. So where the average wage of the player of Taranto and Hopper might be, say, $700,000 over the life of the deal. There's every chance this year they're getting around $500,000, but the later years are $900,000. So it evens out over 
for the life of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Back end of deals only hurt at the back end of the deal. Yeah. It's kicking the can down the road. Well, a, la, Lynch, a la Adam Trelaw. Tom Lynch was a back end of deal at Richmond at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's still in all Australian form, cold medal conversation. That's right. But if he quickly f- falls off yeah. next year, then we have a different conversation. Hey, we've got our first listener question. Oh. Which is good news because we have at least one. Joey Fama? Fama? Farmer. I don't know. I think it's Fama. Please discuss the upcoming salary cap arises and what it means for the cap and players. I'm always hearing with the new broadcast deals, etc., more money in the game. The players want a bigger piece of the pie. What will it get to with a million dollars a year becoming something we no longer bat an eyelid to? Yeah, I'm fascinated so by what you were talking about previously. Yeah, last and on last week's show in terms of the next CBA, which is coming up, does it fall in line with the TV rights deal? How long is it? Is it in line with the women? It, it's so many questions to, well, to follow. We know two things. The players will want more money and they'll want to do less media. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, the, they're the two things that always happens. As long as Paddy Dangerfield's at the helm of the Players Association, I've got hope the media might be still a chance. <laughs> did you listen to him on, did you see him on Saturday Night Footy? Saturday Scoop. We we need to talk about that. That's actually, that that's libelous. As someone that's been sued for defamation, <laughs> I actually have. Um, um, so on Joey's question, what's it going to be in 10 years, you think? Like, what, what, what are we going to be... The average wage is now 407000 Yeah, I reckon the average age... We'll, Ten, it's probably going to be above half a million, right? Yeah, I, I reckon at least 20 25%. So probably five to 550 is the average wage. Yeah. I, I think in the space of the next 10 years, I reckon we're looking at a 20 to 25% wage increase just on the raw numbers that are being sort of thrown around right now for the, the next CBA. And the players deserve that. You know, like... Oh, for the, sure. The, ultimately, they're the ones that, that matter. They're the ones that fans come to see. And they, many, they should get the right size of the pie. But... You can always understand the AFL that they're, they're trying to look after, like they need to give money to several other elements of the game, not just the players. And obviously growth and development are part of that. But the players are the stars. Without them, there is no game. Well, how many codes around the world in sport are the highest 10 paid players on average earning less than the highest 10 paid administrators? There's not many. No, but that's that's different because the size of the pie, say, if we're talking about the NBA or the English Premier League, it's 50 times what we're talking about. So it's like you're comparing two different things. Well, yeah, but you're comparing this, apples, this gets into conversations, do we need marquee players at one or two a club that sit outside the salary cap? Because you, you can't tell me that Dustin Martin might be a hard example because he doesn't do any media to actually grow the game. But more people, Dustin Martin earning $1.2 million and the average Richmond player, let's just pull one out, you know, a Camden McIntosh. You can't tell me that Dusty is not worth more of the game than three times what Camden McIntosh is. Just writing down the people that you clip over the so Dylan Buckley episode one, <laughs> you've gone the Silvani's and you're still bitter about Dusty not giving you anything at that doorstop last yeah. year. That was one of his best performances. I think <laughs> it just it just lacked a don't argue. If he'd given you a slight push just under the throat, then that then your, that, your that, TikTok might have actually that exploded. disc wouldn't have probably seen the light of day. <laughs> Well, you would have you would have sold it. Do you know what I'm trying to say though? Like, yeah, sorry to make definitely. it all serious. Dusty Martin is worth more than three times, say, like a Camden McIntosh, and I'm just pulling an average Richmond player who's yeah. But a you were comparing player. it to like administrators. Like Gillen would have earned more than Dustin Martin last year, right? Yeah, but where else is that? Where prevalent? else does that happen? Yeah. Well, pick a player in the English Premier League. Like Mo, Mo Salah is earning a million bucks a week. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Like you're not expecting the administrator to be earning $65 million a year, whoever the head of the, the FA is. But what I'm saying is it sh- the gap should be lessened between- I don't agree. I'm happy with the administrators earning huge cash. I'm happy well, with- Look what I'm happened ha- during COVID. Well, I like think we need Gil, them. I think Gil should earn what he does, but I think the, the, the players should earn more than what they do. The gap should be skewed higher to the players. No, I don't agree. I think so the players Gil's, earn the right amount of money. Let's pluck a figure. If he's on $3 million, the players should be earned, the highest paid players should be earning closer to two, two and a half. Why? Because they do more for the game than people than the, than what they're 
Oh. What do they get now? 28% of the, the total revenue? Yeah. I think that's a fair and reasonable number. They put on the show. It, it, it should be closer to 50. I think we just flipped arguments. I think we just started, against, uh, started <laughs> arguing against each other. Hey, if you've got a suggestion for Nuts and Bolts or you want to get in touch with us in any way, shape or form, hit us up on Twitter or on our Instagram page and you can find that under the handle at Tradies Podcast. Mitch is big on socials as well. Mm-hmm.